begin again to the last verse of our epistle reading for today from 2 Timothy chapter 2. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. I want to use a story that Pastor Ken Klaus, former speaker on the Lutheran Hour, uh, wrote about a number of years ago because it encapsulates a number of experiences that I've had over the years. He tells of a small town in South Dakota where a couple named Rudy and Arlene grew up. They went to school in that town. They became close. They grew up in that town. They finally uh, got married and planned to live happily ever after in that town. Well, after a couple of years of marriage, they were very pleased to give thanks to God for the gift of a child soon to be born to them. And when their baby was born, they gave thanks to God and they named her Caroline. Now, Caroline was a beautiful baby, but there was one major problem. She was born with spina bifida. The hospital staff placed her in an oxygen tent the oxygen was turned up too high. By the time the error was discovered, Caroline was blind and deaf and profoundly challenged beyond what just the spina bifida would have meant. Well, along with their profound apologies and all that goes with it, the doctors also offered some suggestions to Rudy and Arlene. They suggested that Caroline would probably not live past her sixth birthday and that it would probably be better if they just placed her in a home and got on with their lives. But Rudy and Arlene decided that they would take care of this child that God had given them, no matter what. She was theirs, she was loved by God, she was loved by them, and so they would care for her. They would take her home, and if it was only for six years, then so be it. She would hear of Jesus. Think about what that decision meant. Caroline was never able to feed herself or to control most of her bodily functions, and so she required constant care from day one. Every four hours, she needed to be fed. That meant that Nobody could leave her alone for very long at a time, and they would have to, Rudy and, and uh, Arlene would have to get into a daily routine, which they did, and they took turns and they moved things around in their schedules. But it also meant that uh, when other children came along and experts again encouraged them to place Caroline in a care home, that they said, no, we'll work this out. And it meant that even though the experts had uh, predicted it, um, the daily routine was going to go on, and, and so they went. One went to early church, one went to late. No, they couldn't both attend their children's, other children's activities, but they could be there one at a time anyway. Well, now, before I go on, let me ask, what would you have done? It's a tough question. 
No question, Caroline put a strain in the family. As long as she was alive, there would be no family vacations because of the care that she needed. There would be nothing but this simple routine of care each day, and it would continue as long as she lived. <laughs> well, the story goes on. Eventually, they found out that Caroline wasn't deaf. Now, she wasn't able to hear much, and what she heard was apparently somewhat muffled, but she did pick up three words that she was clear and distinct about. When Dad was around, she said, Da. When Mom was around, it was Ma. And then there was one two-syllable word that she learned, Jesus. You see, Rudy and Arlene regularly sang to her and read to her and brought her to church and reminded her of the promise that God gave her in her baptism. And so the years went by, always, always in Jesus and his love. Carolyn lived to celebrate her sixth birthday and her seventh and her eighth and her ninth. Nine years of total care. It, they were to be discouraged by her lack of progress or tired from their unceasing work. Rudy and Arlene never showed it. They simply did what they needed to do. <laughs> you know what? Their commitment paid off, and it lasted for a long time. 27 years after she was born, Caroline, confessing her faith in Jesus in the simplest possible terms, went to be with her Lord in heaven. Well, what about us? I'm sure most of us would work tirelessly to care for a loved one in such a situation with the hopes that our child might improve someday. I'm equally sure many of us, at least some, would have listened to the experts and placed her in a care home. That's what is so easily done. I say most of us, but I'm sure some might have worked with Caroline for a few years, maybe for many years, but eventually, 27 years, I don't know. We may be faithful, but very few are that faithful. Now the point of telling this story at the beginning of this sermon is not to tell you to be a Rudy and Arlene. No, that's the, the point is none of us is fully faithful, absolutely faithful all the time. Yes, we might care for someone as lovingly and as sacrificially as Rudy and Carolyn did, or as Rudy and, and Arlene did, but we'll be faithless in some other way. Rudy and Arlene would be the first to admit that they often got things out of kilter in terms of priorities and did not do all they should have done, not even close. We're pretty good people. You wouldn't be here today if you weren't, right? We're pretty good people, usually trying to do the right thing, but we don't always succeed. That's because reality is we are simply pretty good people, not totally good 
people. A person who isn't totally good, well, the Bible has a word for that. It's called sinner. We have failed to do what we ought to do. We have done things we shouldn't. Truth be told, none of us sinners is caring, compassionate, or as faithful as we would like to think we would be or are. And that statement about sinners is true for all of humanity. All. Well, except, wait a minute. That's not quite right. History has one single exception to that rule. And that exception is Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, the world's Savior. And this is good news for you and for me today. Remember those words. If we are faithless, He remains faithful. Read through the Scripture and you'll see just a how exceptionally faithful Jesus is. God had created everything. And then he declared it good, and then on the last day of creation, he created man and woman. And then he said, this is very good. The way God set things up, that's the way it was. But that's not the way Adam and Eve left them. In a self-centered act of defiance that brought darkness and death into the world, they followed Satan's sinful suggestions that sin made certain that we could never, by our own power, in and of ourselves, be perfect before God. Our sins guaranteed that we would never be anything more than pretty good people, even the best of us. And pretty good people on their own before a holy God, are destined for destruction eternally. That's the way it was. And that's the way it would have remained if God had not promised to send His Son to be the sinner's substitute and Savior. Substitute before God's justice, Savior from our sin. When God's chosen people preferred to follow other gods, he faithfully brought them back. When they forgot the promises that they had been given, God remained faithful and sent prophets to proclaim those promises over and over again and call them back and remind them of their uniqueness and chosenness. No matter what His people did, God was faithful in sending a Savior who would bring forgiveness and reconciliation and redemption and he did. And then when the time was just right, God faithfully kept this promise of a Savior. The night that Jesus left heaven to come to us, his first bed was an animal's feed trough. And the greeting committee, a few shepherds recruited from the stinky fields nearby. That night was a foreshadowing of what was to come. Rudy and Arlene, they were faithful in caring for their disabled daughter. <clears throat> their faithfulness was huge in human terms, but it pales compared to the faithfulness of Jesus as he did everything necessary to save us. 
he was always faithful. Ever, have you ever thought, and I mean really thought, about what it means to be always faithful? What did it cost for Jesus to be always faithful in order to save you and me? Do you have a home? A home is important. We need a home. Jesus gave up that dream. Do you have a family who loves you? I certainly hope you do, and I think most of us do. And what a wonderful blessing. Jesus' own brothers, and yes, even his mother, declared him crazy and ready for a straitjacket at one point. How about a bank account or a retirement plan? During his temptations, Jesus was offered the riches of the world, and he turned them down and lived in poverty so that you and I might be spiritually rich. Do you have faithful friends? Jesus' friends were a little different. Let's see, there's a tax collector of questionable honesty, a Samaritan woman of questionable morality, a host of the sorrowful, sick, grieving, friendless, lost, even lepers, as we heard in our gospel reading today. Jesus listened to them all. He gave himself to them all. And often, as the gospels tell us over and over, and often without thanks. Do you have a church? Well, of course you have a church. We're here. Jesus' church plotted his murder. His government, they knew he was innocent, but they declared him guilty anyway. In spite of all this, Jesus remained faithful in doing all that was needed to forgive your sins and to save your soul for eternity. That means he didn't respond when he was spit on, beaten, whipped, crowned with thorns. And if that isn't incredible, when he was nailed to a cross, he forgave those who did that to him that day. Look at the Gospels. Page after page shows us Jesus' faithfulness. No matter what others did, Jesus is always faithful in fulfilling his Father's promise to save sinners. It is faithfulness that continues today because the grave wasn't the end of the story. The empty tomb is the beginning of our eternal story. So today, having fulfilled the law, having resisted all the temptations and having defeated death itself, our living Lord is fully committed to calling and keeping his people in this wonderful gift of faith. He is there in the adoption service we call baptism. He is present right here so often to bless the vows of bride and groom. He is here with his word and with his body and blood to forgive and restore and renew and to send us out again to live in that faith that he really is faithful, always, faithfully, he hears your prayers anywhere, anytime. Faithfully, 
He's going to be there for you tomorrow just as surely as right now and the next day and the next and so on. He will be with you, loving you, forgiving you, saving you, doing it all for you because that's who he is. Remember, Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Always faithful. That's what our Savior is. And for that, he deserves the ongoing and continuing praise and thanks from us. His pretty good, but not always good but always totally saved people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.